0: Uh, welcome to the bottom of the barrel, everybody. I am here with Steve Valentine. Yes! That's me. That's my that's my sound. We're, uh, it's, a, it's an early morning podcast, so we're not really drinking. Um, I'm yeah. going to keep drinking, but I'm going to put it in a mug. So I don't I, drink an Uber myself. Do you drink an Uber? I think you always have to keep your wits about you. Only Uber. when I'm driving the Uber. <laughs> <laughs> I, I knew I recognized you from somewhere.
1: Well, uh, it's good to be here at uh, bottom of the barrel. At the, literally the bottom cheers 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 cheers, cheers 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 so this is a morning thing so you're drinking a double dry hopped juicy tropical
0: yep yep the hazy ipa from side launch anything's possible i did a show up there that a little while ago i do i do a lot of brewery shows lately
1: yeah i i don't know yeah. why like just just at a brewery you just go stand yeah like,
0: like the these bat. guys they're like well, we can fit 120 people in here but you are performing in front of their big bats of beer and i'm like oh i'll take it like
1: He's, there's an old joke about like my dad died and he, he drowned in a vat of beer and he, he got out to piss three times <laughs> <laughs> It's an old joke. anyway yeah but awesome. it's true though yeah it, absolutely yeah yeah so absolutely. it's good to be here, man but a brewery show so how so people are like already hammered before you go out
0: yeah it for my kind of show it works perfectly like it suits that that's my people it right, suits me yeah and like i i don't you know, like people getting up nonstop, ordering more drinks and stuff. I just don't care. Like, yeah. it's fine. They're always like, it's going to be all right. I'm like, it'll be totally fine. Like, yeah. I, there's really, my show is so disconnected, too. There's never like a theme. So, you're no, not, if you get up and take a piss, you'll get a beer, you're not going to miss anything. You might miss a trick, Yeah. but there's no through line. So,
1: there's no thread? No. There's no character? No. There's
0: uh, no music? There's no there's music. There's no lighting? There's no costume design.
1: This is all shit that's in my show. Yeah. Because, right? uh, you know, when you said you, said you were down in the, Hermosa and you, uh, you just, like, decided to go do a, a spot, like, like yeah. a real stand up. Yeah. Whereas I would have to bring a carload of. Uh, and I'm a close up guy. And I can do an act with a deck of cards. But lately I've been, you know, been working on these one man shows and it's just too many props, mate. Uh,
0: when I, I saw you last at the castle and yeah, you had a lot of shit. Yeah. It was awesome. Yeah. But like just that, like. um. Uh, When you're doing the one where like they're gonna win, Uh, you might win this uh, prize and it's the potatoes and all that. You know the whole thing. Like that, like that's crazy amount of stuff to bring just for the sight gag. And
1: I have, I have now I got this like a suitcase table that is um, that looks like a big kind of a a large wooden suitcase and it transforms into a table, but it's got a table inside of it as well. That's right. But that's in LA though because I I just can't.
0: I I swear, I, I okay, I need more stuff like this in my show, like. When I going to like film something like for yeah. a, a TV uh, um, or like a YouTube, like a big special or something, I'm going to do, I always try and build it out and put more stuff in there. But then when I do it, I'm like, I haven't performed with all these props in forever. Yeah. Because I, when you, when you, you know how it is, especially I do a lot of corporate shows and a lot of colleges, it pretty much has to fit. That's everything fits in this case right here. Yeah. And if it doesn't fit in there, it's, it's too much of a pain is that in the, the ass. Is that a Pelican Air. Yeah, that's the Pelican. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah that's, that's the, the one. Only way to go. That's the best. Pelican
1: Air is the best.
0: Well, you know, I met, I met up with Willman one time, and Justin Willman, he literally only has what he can have in a carry-on. That's his show. So he does even smaller than I do. Well,
1: I, I get it, though, because, I mean, I've been flying a lot, you've been flying a lot, you fly a lot, yeah. um, and the, the thing with the luggage right now is out of control. Yeah, it's I've got video of piles of luggage just, just sitting there at Toronto Airport, just not being manned, not being watched. Like you could, I could have literally taken a couple of suitcases and, and gone, you know. Yeah. And it's just all the stuff that's been delayed or lost. Or- when I
0: I did lose, uh, they lost my luggage one day, and I had the Air Tags on it, and I went back to Toronto like a couple of days later once they like got there, and they're like, "Oh yeah, it's we're, uh your suitcase here." I show them my Air Tag. I'm like, "Yeah," and they're right. like, "Okay, yeah." They open up the door, and it's just like you said, just fucking mounds of it. I'm like, "Yeah, go for it." I'm like, "What?" So I went in there. I found my three bags. But they were in different places? Well, they... uh, they're all together. Okay. And I was like, they okay, should. I guess this is my stuff. But no one was with me. They right. just let me in there. Yeah. And I just wheeled them out. And no I, no at the door, I was it. like, thank you. And they're like, bye. No security, nothing. <laughs> I mean, the guy is security, but he didn't like
1: verify my bag. I feel and... like there's a there's a movie that starts that way. You know, where you the guys like, oh, let's take this suitcase. But it's got a million bucks in it or oh, something. That would be know? all right. That'd then, be that'd be okay that would be all right. It's a classic movie trope. Yeah. So to have it in the backpack or to have it, you know, that is that is becoming more and more my goal yeah it
0: is it is but there is a time to like to like build it up like if i was going to do a week at the castle i would add a few more things yeah. right because you're going to be in one location for 15 shows or whatever it, it
1: makes sense but just when you're hopping around yeah. th- then it's like and the thing with all the props too is is like and this was the my, the last show that i put together was like where does everything go so that you don't bump into it knock it over yeah um, yeah. and where are you going to put something? If you're doing a 90 minute show, like the yeah. last one man show I did was 90 minutes, right? That's a long show. It's a lot of, and and so you got to think pocket space. You got to yeah. think like where am I <laughs> going to put stuff? Yeah. I, I've only got you know. I uh, actually created a bit where I just kept take, changing jackets because I needed the pocket space for the Smart. various tricks. I was like, "Well, this is how I did it in 1989." <laughs> yeah. Put on an '80s jacket, but uh. but literally bumping into the furniture because I'm very clumsy. So so yeah. so furniture management is super important.
0: Well, I have this. I've been, I was getting Erica Claire to help me figure out. Cause I'm going to film. Um, and my, my latest show, it's going to be an hour. I'm just going to post it on YouTube. I'm filming it at the end of uh, October. Okay. And I was like, got Eric LeClaire to come out and watch my show and help me figure it out. And he's like, you know, I really think you should put this trick before that trick. And I'm like, Eric, I, I'm wearing a sign on my back, so I can't take the jacket off earlier. Right. And then I have to do a trick with my shirt where I rip it off at some point. So that has to go after that. And he's like, oh, fuck. (laughs) (laughs) Because he's one of those guys where everything sort of just comes out of the case, right? Right. Right. Here it is. Does the thing. His show called Smoker's Pocus. If you haven't had a chance to see it, I seen it, you have to. It's so good. But everything's very much out of the case. Do the thing, you know. Put it in the other case. It's Amazing. But know. I'm like, I'm always loaded down because yeah. I like to seem like I don't have anything, but I do have a lot of shit. You when know? I
1: go on stage, I have. I feel like I'm a London Underground. I've got so much, you know. If you look at a map of the London Underground, yeah. with all the wires oh, and yeah. it's just stuff everywhere, and I'm literally like this. So by the end of the show. I'm free because all the stuff that was in my jacket and all the weight, and I had this fake yeah. chest piece at one point, and I was doing what? the vanishing. Because you don't have no muscles? No, I do a bit where my nipples jump across my chest. <laughs> Are you fucking with me? <laughs> no, it's really fun. I do it as a—it's it's like a nipple um, matrix. <laughs> and uh, I had this thing made for my first show by oh, uh, Michael Azoldi in LA. He's like a spectral motion special effects guy. And um, but it's like I literally have, to, and of course it's a fake. It's like I remember somebody going, "It's a fake chest," and I was like, "What you <laughs> like, think this is real, dude? My, <laughs> my grandmother can swing her nipples over, but other than that, no, that, this is like." And uh, I actually want to stick some hair on it as well, just really in funny places. But it's oh it's a god fucking great a chest piece that that uh, I have to wear under a shirt, over a t-shirt, under a shirt, under a jacket, oh wow. and a waistcoat for. A good 15, 20 minutes I would I... sweat. I am. I like just Yeah, I drenched. go like this, and and there's like streams coming out of my sleeve. You know, <laughs> oh, It's nasty. But that's. But, it, but it's very funny. I've I go never... like this, and it jumps across, and then it jumps back. And I just kind of close the shirt, and I open it, and it jumps across, and then it jumps back, and, it jumps, back and it jumps across, and it goes faster and faster. And finally, I do it in slow motion, where it goes across. It actually goes slowly across the chest. And then there's three of them.
0: See, that's one of those ideas that people have. that They're like, I I can never make this work. right Right. like I see it seems just like I can never figure this out the idea
1: years ago but living in LA you know you get to know and being an actor I get to know all these special effects people right and so Mike's uh Michael Azaldi he's got like spectral motion is like one of the top um special effects places in town. okay they build all this stuff for um for the movies and the monsters and everything so they figured out you know we tried like flap nipples right you yeah, know? yeah that makes sense and eventually it was a combination of pulleys and magnets and uh um yeah wow. it's an amazing thing but it's i mean i haven't done it in years but yeah just because it's now it just garage. sits there
0: now if someone goes over to your house like what the fuck is that yeah <laughs> like well, hey. get,
1: putting it in the suitcase let's talk about getting it through customs yeah but, you know and then like it looks like i've got a torso oh yeah yeah so do you do, how, how you lived in la a long time 20 years 30 I moved there in 89 oh shit
0: moved in uh 29 and you just came back for because uh
1: fall of love or what like what here
0: yeah like why'd you come here
1: (laughs) my my wife wanted to raise the kids here not in LA ah okay okay. okay, so we've got a seven and an 11 year old yeah she, she was going on about it for like five or six years and finally, I'm like, "All right, fine, we'll go." I said, "No actor in the history of acting has ever left LA and moved to Canada. Yeah, like, we'll give it a shot, you know." Uh, and um, so now you blame her? And they're Totally <laughs> like, for the destruction of my career. <laughs> no, I. I she's. It, it was. It was. It's, it's been really fun, actually. It's been very interesting. We moved in 2019, and then something happened. That, yeah, something. I don't know what ah. went down there. Something, something went down. Yet. Um, for the next two or three years, but uh uh toronto is a really interesting city
0: yeah oh so you never lived here before no you went straight from well, honestly, scotland I, I, to fucking. I,
1: I grew up in uh, i was born in scotland grew up near london moved, oh, okay uh, moved to la when i was 19 20. Years oh old. wow okay i didn't and, know that yeah i just jumped on a plane and literally just jumped on a plane you get like a holiday visa which was a piece of paper that yeah. you filled out at the airport back in those days yeah and then just we figured out how to stay um that's amazing and uh, it was and uh, and I'd, i've met this girl and we got married in america and we got married and um not married to her anymore uh, yeah marry early, most... early marry often that's the very early marry often that's my dad's and, said. Uh, always keep it under 10 years yeah oh smart <laughs> i don't know if that's smart, true. yeah that's what my i'm at six right thought. now you're at six yeah all right well there's a the seven year <laughs> age, At least I, what was that I sort of comedian say i've got the seven year age. at least i hope that's what it is uh <laughs> but um no but yeah so i came to la and just kind of I remember we just didn't know anyone or anything. Just naivety keeps you alive sometimes, right?
0: I honestly miss uh, my uh, yeah, the naivety and the overconfidence of of, of youth. Like and I not
1: knowing how fucking dangerous everything yeah. is every second. Oh of the my day. god!
0: I even look back at even some of the shit that I took on when I was 25, 26, Yeah, and I'm like, as if I thought I could fucking do that, and yeah. I did. But I'm like. Man, where does it? Where's that guy now? Where's he? I I want I want he him knows back. Better
1: is yeah. he is. he's in the back going, "Don't do it." Oh my oh, god! Oh I, I I know. And starting a month with nothing, like yeah. no jobs, no work, zero in the in the date book, you know. And yeah. at the end of the month, it, somehow it's yeah, it got filled up. You know, that was L.A. for me. It was. Unreal. We didn't know if we'd make the rent. I mean, we still don't. No one ever does. Yeah, it, yeah. The way the rents are, but that was uh, that was an experience. I remember we got on. Um, and I talk about it in my show, but we got to LA, my, my ex and I, and um, first apartment complex we stopped at was run by a British couple, mm-hmm. which was awesome because I didn't have any credit. I didn't have a job. Yeah. I didn't have like but you got a work that, visa. that you got anything. that cute accent, so you can r- well, lean on that. They were English, so they knew what it was like. Right, and yeah, that's like, true. They were like, well, we'll let you rent if you promise us you'll get a job. We'll give you a break because you're English. Yeah. You know, it was total like national nepotism that's you know, awesome it was brilliant and so then the woman i'll take it <laughs> she says to me um actually she says my day job she's like i sell stuff on rodeo drive oh. and um i know that david or which is a silver antique silver place is looking for a salesperson you know oh. i was like well i can sell anything I, you know i can i can bullshit it. yeah <laughs> and so i went down there met with them and suddenly so suddenly i'm like working on rodeo drive wild you know and so at all these old hollywood this is 89 so like mrs jimmy stewart and all these old hollywood actors would come in to buy their minton vases or you know to buy jewelry it was really surreal that's <clears>
0: messed
1: up <it> <laughs> so and then immediately you know you see how that half lives and immediately you're just like i, 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 I gotta get there you well
0: know? when did you decide you're gonna be an actor were you trying to do that then always yeah okay yeah, right I'm out, out the of the gate since i was a kid uh, so the
1: idea was to go to la Try and break into acting, as my friend said. Just go around knocking on doors, and then use the magic as a, as a way of making a living, right? Yeah. <laughs> so when you say you're a magician, hilarious. Everyone, yeah. Right. Everyone's like, you're a magician. What are you going to do for a real job? Yeah. Get a, to support your magic. I was using the magic to support the acting, <laughs> and which was insane. I remember telling the, the people that ran the apartment complex that, and they were just like, but the the place that we stopped at by chance, just complete fluke, was um, half a block away from the castle. Oh, man. On Orange Drive. That is super Didn't even lucky. Didn't Unreal. even Unreal. I asked them. I said, have you heard of this place called the Magic Castle? Because I wanted to invite an audition to work there. Oh, I, just, I, I, just... They literally were like, come <laughs> in. See that building? <laughs> um, and uh, so what helped me in LA was just the ability to, there was a guy called EJ Thacker who was one of the hosts, one of the managers there. And uh, we had this deal, right? Where basically um, he if, if there was a lot of people there, yeah. he would page me. Ah, uh, yeah, this was the pay- days Love of pages. it, love and, it. Uh, so it was my third pager because the others were drugs. So it was, the third <laughs> pager. and um, and he would page me, and then I would just run up and do extra shows down in the basement.
0: Unreal.
1: So I was doing oh. five or ten shows a week just for fifty bucks. Yeah, it didn't matter. It didn't matter. matter. Give, give out my business card. course, I was supposed to do, and then I would just get all the jobs in Beverly Hills. That's it was that. That awesome. really just kept us alive. Castle was the reason. Oh my god, that's
0: I love that kind of thing. Yeah that's a, fluke. what was the, okay so then wh- when did you like how did what was your first like role when you're like oh now i my, when was when your plan started working when were you like oh i'm getting some acting roles now
1: uh i was doing um i would do these workshops which i was i wasn't happy with and then i would do acting classes and then i got like just i got a line one line on married with children
0: oh yeah nice
1: and then from there uh i started doing like all these like under five roles with the five lines, right? So, oh, okay. Yeah, so it's co-stars, so they pay you less. And, and the idea is, the idea was, according to my agent at the time, that you build your credits yeah. that way, you know. <laughs> but I was doing these like, "Here's your beer, sir," <laughs> you know, <laughs> or even like I remember doing. Um, I was supposed to do something on Deep Space Nine, and it just got relegated to being an extra. And I was, so, I was in, uh, in the Vulcan outfit. I'm like dressed as a Vulcan. I got the makeup on, uh, and in the end, I'm just like in the back going. <laughs> And I see these actors coming and I see these guest star actors coming in, like bitching about everything. And I'm like, if you only knew how much I want to be where you are Uh right now. And then I would do magic shows for like big celebrities and producers and directors. Yeah. But they didn't take me seriously because I was doing magic shows for them. You know, like you did my kids bar mitzvah. What do you mean you're an actor? You know? So, uh, um, I I would, every, every holidays I would do like Lawrence Kasdan's holiday party. And I love, he was lovely. And
0: I bet that'd be a good guest list.
1: It was great. One, one, because um, he would invite specifically uh, the cast of various movies. So, right, um, the Big Chill. I remember one. I did, the yeah. one from the Big Chill was there? Cool. It was just caviar. You know, some houses there's caviar everywhere. Some yeah. houses there's cocaine everywhere. Yeah. You just kind of go with the flow. Of, well, yeah, and you don't want to be rude at either house, right? You, don't want you to just, say no. Yeah, I mean that's just. Uh... Um, yeah, uh, but he. Uh, that's always a fun. You know, when you do the salt trick. Like pour, but you do it with, okay. <laughs> you act like you just take a little bit of, a little bit of cocaine and yeah. watch this and it starts pouring and it doesn't stop <laughs> oh. you see these guys like, what? <laughs> that's very cruel uh, but yeah. um, you're I, like
0: dude I wouldn't even do this if I could do this for real like you think I'm looking for jobs I mean obviously Thank yeah you. Come on. so <laughs> I, I remember
1: saying to Kasdan, uh, you know I, th- that uh, I'm an also an actor and um, I think the term also an actor is not a good thing to say yeah that's, that's, that's likely, a hard you know, that's a hard hill but I'm plan. also an actor I'm a juggler I'm a whatever I'm doesn't doesn't work so he, I remember his eyes glazing over um, oh yeah you must because you he must hear that shit all the time too. yeah yeah and so I I ended up um want, a couple of things happened. I ended up quitting magic for, for a number of years because I felt it was getting in the way yeah and I said to my agent at the time I was doing like married with ch- not married, married with children men behaving badly and some soap opera for, for a little bit but I was like I want to do I want to move up i want to do yeah. guest star roles recurring guest star roles series regulars and i'm not going to do that if i'm doing these small lines that's how everybody sees me yeah you know so you look at how you're perceived and you have to change that and i remember him saying like but you're making you're doing really well you're making money you're like yeah. you're the guy everyone knows you can handle this yeah like, yeah but you know so you want to level up you want to yeah, go to the next. so day. i started turning down those so i wasn't going to do those anymore nice right Oof. and then i moved and i'm like just guest stars recurring guest stars and series regulars um, and so then I started doing guest stars and then I was this. List- and then at one point I said, I just recurring characters now, uh, or a series regular. I got to that point where that's fucking cool. Yeah. But it's, it's ballsy, right? Cause again, naivety, arrogance, yeah, yeah. whatever it is. How old are you at this point? 30? <clears throat> uh, I think my, my crossing Jordan came at. Cause that was your first big regular. I did a sitcom before that called Nikki on the WB with Nikki Cox, and um, and then uh, and then Crossing Jordan. But it's interesting. The reason I got Crossing Jordan was because one of the actors on Nikki. So I I was asked to do Nikki at the same time I was offered a movie. The movie didn't pay anything, but was a good independent film. Oh, and Nikki was WB sitcom. Right, you know, it was not art, but <laughs> it, was, it was produced by Bruce <laughs> Helford. It's not right. It is you know, um, and it, it was a funny concept, and um, and it was going to be a recurring character at least at the beginning. And um, I remember having to explain to the producer of the of the independent film, like that I am going to. I need to take this job because they're actually going to pay me. Yeah, like eight grand a week. And you fuck us, yeah. You know? And I'm like, I'm not making anything on this movie. They didn't understand. They held it against me. In fact, some of the people involved in that still hold it against me. But, Insane. Yeah, but you, you, you know, you have to make those decisions. So then I did that show, and then one of the actors on that show, one of the recurring characters, um, came in one day and he said, uh, "Hey man, I just, I just auditioned for a part," and he said, "I'm, I sucked. I was really bad." trying to do a British accent and everything uses, but you'd be perfect for it. The, yeah. The untitled Tim Kring project. Go tell your agent about it. So uh, I go to my agent and of course they have never heard of it. Yeah. Because, yeah. Cause you know, yeah. And, um, and so uh, they get me the audition. They actually managed to get me an audition and then they ended up getting the, getting the part as a recurring guest star. That's cool. Yeah. Ah. It's but even then when the show got picked up after the pilot, and they were like, we want Steve for the second episode. They offered me half the money that they paid me for the pilot, which is common. You get paid twice as much for a pilot usually. I didn't. Fuck. No. Yeah, well, you, they don't do it anymore. <laughs> okay. But it used to be like, if you're going to get, say, $30,000 an episode, uh, okay. right, they'll pay you sixty for the pilot to hold you to that show. Now they don't give a shit. Yeah, now they don't care at all. Good luck getting another show. Yeah, exactly. Um, so, But oh. I, I remember them calling and saying, like... Uh, uh, we're going to pay him this for another episode, and I and I had just done five finished five national commercial different national commercials. I was right. doing in this campaign for cheese where I was the chef, and um, we were talking about <laughs> this, is, this is like the life of an actor. I'm going to be the I'm going to be the chef on a cheese commercial. No, as soon as you said it, I can picture it. I'm like, yeah, yeah you do look like a cheese yeah. chef. Yeah, it was a cheese chef, and and I just. And so I said, um, "They've got no." I said, "They've got to pay me what they pay me in the pilot." Oh fuck! And otherwise, I'm not going to do it. And my agent was like, "Are you crazy? This is NBC." And I said, "Yeah, but it's a it's a guest star, and I shudder now." Yeah, you know. Um, and finally, they said, "Okay, we'll we'll pay him that." So wow. I, went, I went in and did it, and then I just got on my, so well with everybody. They they were writing for my character. and by the fifth episode, they, were, they they offered me the the regular part. That's fucking awesome. But looking back at that moment where I was like, I got five national commercials running, uh, you know, yeah, you pay me what I'm worth, or at least pay me, don't pay me half what you paid me before. That's
0: such a again, like we just said it because that's that's the move, man. That's fucking crazy. But you would never do
1: that now. Ne- I would never do that now. <laughs> never I would be it. like, oh, you're, and you're gonna pay me? Oh, okay. <laughs> I did it once for Disney and it backfired. It backfires every now and again. Yeah. Uh, I remember... (laughs) I've never talked about this. I was... And I'm not even drinking. Um, But I did this uh, series of Tinkerbell movies, right? There were these Tinkerbell movies. Okay. Animated cartoons. They did very well for Disney. So the first one comes out and I'm doing a voice for the Minister of Spring. Okay. And um, then they're going to do the second one. And I was Minister of Spring there. And then the third one... They wanted me to do one of the main voices, like the dad of one of the kids, okay. and it was a major role, and and I was like, yeah, great, I, I, and they said, but your credit is going to be like with a bunch of other people in the back of the of the movie, like when they go like additional voices by, oh you okay, see, you know, and I was like but this is a i should have oh you how know, like your own screen your yeah well it's just like you know i said you've got all these other people that that, that yeah. character and name, and name and their, name, and their name. name of course yeah and and i said for me like that's a big step up like i, I putting me with i didn't understand why they, and i still don't understand crediting sometimes yeah um but why they wanted to just push me put me with a bunch of other names oh. so i think it was like $25,000 job and I said to my agent, no, I want the proper credit. Yeah. I think it's only fair. I don't, I don't understand why they just won't, you know, and they said no, you know, and then they never came back
0: and you know, I didn't do any more. Uh, for, for our TV show, Big Trick Energy, yeah. Chris uh, Ramsey and myself, we created the show and Ian Frisch was the guy who introduced us to the production company and sort of had the show made yeah and in the final thing it's uh the credits are created by Ian Frisch and Chris Ramsey and I was like but I wrote like most of it like I created all, like l- the concept up is like all me. I'm like what the fuck? and How then, did that make you feel man uh, yeah and they were like hey if you push this it's gonna go away that's basically what the agent told me and I was like all right so I let it ride. I let it go They're like think like, you just don't fight this this is there's a
1: lot going down
0: and I don't understand what the problem is one more fucking name
1: it has to do with uh, either residuals it is residuals it's back end shit back end shit It, it, it could be divided among like I've taken shows to pitch to production companies where they're like there's too many people involved yeah you know? fuck, that's like, what it was yeah no, like, oh. because once you start dividing that pie and and with reality television yeah. it's smaller anyway when well, they're like we got four hosts already
0: what are, you're gonna get credit now we're gonna get the other guys where well, they're all created by like we can't give all of you producer credits mm-hmm. and i'm like ah oh, fuck there are four of us and i i just want to get a goddamn tv show right so yeah, i was yeah, like
1: yeah. yep let's go but i'm like i, what I sold off. the show i sold a show to uh, uh the first show i ever i ever sold was um i came off of crossing jordan and i remember i was at a party and i and i wasn't getting auditions I wasn't working now and when you're used to working like six years like all the time you know a, a, every week with an episode it, you 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 kind of get a little <laughs> like that's it my career's over I'm like, what yeah. the hell am I gonna do now and I was getting a bit sensitive every time I went to this one restaurant the, the owner would be like so what's coming next for you oh, I'd be no. like stop asking me that like, <laughs> will you stop asking me that question I don't know so this one woman comes up to me at a party and she's like have you read the books she's like what, what are you gonna do with your career now and I'm like, uh, I don't know. I got to ask you like it's your choice. Yeah, that, that's what people not in show business ask you, right? Yeah. They always go like, why don't you do a movie with Tom Cruise? I don't get it. What's this, you know, Hallmark shit? Um, so I'm like, thanks, good idea there, auntie, auntie. Um, so this woman comes up and she's like, oh, wait, um, have you read these books called The Gourmet Detective? And I said, no. And she said, well, they're, they're good. She said, but I could see you as the lead character. You should see if you can get the rights, and then she vanished into the party, and I, hmm. and I was okay. So I went home that night. I found the books, read them. They're good, not great, they're good. I love the title. It's about it's, yeah. about, it's like murder. He cooked, right? So yeah. it's, it's just like I'm like, this feels like a USA show, yeah. USA network, and um, and so I I uh, uh, I found the agent online, hmm. and I sent him an email. And I just was like, I don't know how to do this. I'm new to this whole thing of like getting the rights to books, but and I don't have like a ton of money to pay you, but I think it could be a really good series. And he said, uh, I'd love to do this for Peter. Cause the author was in his nineties. Oh wow. And he said, um, about a couple of grand just for all eight books. Um, and I was like, yes, absolutely. So, uh, but here was the weird thing. I could only get seven books because the first book, the one with the title gourmet detective, was owned by a British publisher. No. So the, my we, we strike the deal for The Seven and my lawyer now is like reaching out to the guy in England and he's not responding, He does, he's not interested or he comes back and wants way too much money. And so uh, the, the uh, lawyer calls me up and goes, yeah, maybe you can call them and just pitch them on your passion for the project or something. And I was like, sure, what's the guy's name? And he goes, Martin Brees. I said Martin Breeze, like there's a magic dealer in the eighties called Martin Breeze. <laughs> no way. And he published a number of books, and he got the rights to a lot of the Al Quran stuff. And you can go online now. He's, he passed away, but but he's there's another guy who bought his Martin Can't be the same Martin. Can't Brees. be because <laughs> I I used to go to his shop in like uh, 85. 485 i would go buy stuff in oh, his shop i love this and uh, turns out it was the same guy that's fucking cool <laughs> so i'm like this is so i said you won't remember me as if but i used to come in once a week and I, I, was working in Yugoslavia. Another story. I said, but I used to come in uh, and buy new tricks all the time. I got, I got the M wallet from you, Paul Brignall's trick. I got like Max Maven's packet tricks. I got like, and and so we had this whole conversation at the end of it. He was like, "It's all right, all right." He says, we'll, "We'll let you use the book." So we we made the deal. Whoa. But what are the odds?
0: That is unreal.
1: Martin Brees. Yeah.
0: I can't let the Yugoslavia
1: go. <laughs> That's all I heard. Can I? I, I do. I do a piece about it in my uh, in my. Anyway, just to finish that yeah, is, please, we ended please, up please. selling that to USA Network. That's um, cool. and uh, it didn't get made. And then finally, we sold it to years later to Hallmark. I think people don't understand how many things get sold and not made. You know what I mean? Like people have very crazy. good careers just writing two or three pilots a year. Yeah, and literally nothing ever gets ever out of the public. Yeah. And, and I think that's an issue because at the end of it, you have nothing to show for your work. Yeah. I've developed so many series. Um, and then people are like, well, you haven't done anything for a while. I'm like, you have no idea. No, yeah. and I was like, I had a series about Houdini and Conan Doyle, which we sold to Sci-Fi Network in 2011. Oh, dope. Right before the big kind of upswing and period stuff on TV. Man. And it was Houdini and Doyle. It's uh, such a good Salt story and in light. general. And, and, you, well, and
0: you, and you when you finished. Uh... Yeah,
1: we, want, we wanted to do, my writing partner and I, Paul Chart, had done Children of Men. And he he wanted to make it really dark and edgy. Like oh, none, fuck, of, yeah. none of the usual kind of like, Oh, who like Conan Doyle's like Sherlock Holmes. It's like, yeah. no, he's not. That's the yeah. whole point. It's, it's, it's not kind of bumbling. Um... <laughs> Murdoch
0: mysteries, bullshit. None yeah, of that, yeah. right? No, none yeah. of that.
1: But, but, and Houdini is anyway. So we had this idea. We wrote a terrific pilot. Um, sci-fi didn't, they bought it and then they didn't quite remember what they bought. So it's like the executive once, I was like, can we go over your notes? Because they're not making sense. And he literally said to me, I actually don't, can you re-pitch the pilot to me? Oh my God. Right. You know, yeah. So ended up selling it again to NBC. Um, and then NBC wasn't sure that period pieces were going to work. Right. This was oh right. God. when, Right. When Sherlock Holmes, um, uh, Guy Ritchie was coming out with this Sherlock Holmes. So I remember saying to them, cause they were like, yeah, we love the script. Cause we had a lot of steampunk in there. And yeah. It's really fun. And, um, and so I said, well, wait, I said, I think the Guy Ritchie thing is going to be huge. And they were like, "Well, if that does well, we'll you know, then we'll, we'll really consider putting it on the air." And so we, and they paid us to write the pilot, right? Yeah. So Guy Ritchie explodes with Sherlock Holmes. Oh my god! it yeah. Comes back, and their response was, "Yeah, but that's Guy Ritchie. <laughs> and, um, you can't bloody win." Uh. So <clears throat> in the end, um, it went it went dark, you know, as they say, and and uh, it didn't happen. And then I was able to get the rights. I was able to get the rights back, or at least get a, a, a document saying that if someone else was to pay a certain amount of money that we could get the rights back which I later found out I didn't need to do because these were historical characters oh right. and right uh, yeah so then um, but i got the thing back and so now I'm like going around town trying to sell it I send it to Fox I send it to all these other places and then suddenly I see an announcement that Fox is doing a show about Harry Houdini and Arthur Conan Doyle uh, investigating psychics and solving crimes what the fuck yeah
0: well i didn't ever i never what what show was that it was on for like a year okay
1: it was on on fox but they
0: did it the shit version right they didn't do the fucking dark gritty version They did
1: like the network television version um and i remember and it was such a weird feeling because i i Managed to get hold of a copy of the script and it was nothing like ours. Yeah. I mean, almost, almost to a fault, nothing like ours. So it, was very, <laughs> it was very possible that they just heard the concept and wanted to do their own version. Totally, Which happens in Hollywood all the time. Yeah. So I'm up at the castle and, and this is such a Hollywood thing, right? So I'm up at the castle and uh, I'm in the Palace of Mystery and I look behind me and there's one of the showrunners from House. Yeah. Lovely guy. Um, and he's there with a bunch of people. And so we say hi. And i done an episode of House where I played a magician.
0: Yeah, I was going to ask about that. Like, did that happen often that you end up playing a magician on No, because
1: only when I decided to kind of re-embrace magic back into my life. But I was that was also... Because that, that
0: House episode, like, you are the episode. It's about your, you swallowed a key or some shit, yeah, right? Yeah, like, and, that's yeah. That's great.
1: It was that was really fun but that was the first time i'd played a magician on tv in a long time because i was like i don't do magic anymore and yeah. i'm not playing magicians you know uh, and then i ended up doing a ton of them yeah but uh, so i look behind me and 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 this guy's there and we start talking and he goes he's like i'm like what are you, what are you doing up here tonight and he goes oh he says well i'm running a new show he said i didn't create it i didn't write it and create it he said but they brought me in to run it it's about harry houdini and conan doyle and we're making it for fox and i've just brought all the writers up to you know and, and i'm just so i said to him i was like, did you have you heard about the show that i sold to NBC?" and he, and he literally just had no idea what you're talking about so i said well i said um wow. i said uh here's the thing i said I, obviously our show's dead but um he's such a lovely guy i was like who's your Houdini expert? Cause Pat Carlton's the guy I'll give you his number. I said, well, we don't really have a Houdini expert. I said, well, you, you should get need Pat. one. <laughs> I said, who's your Conan Doyle, uh, expert because you should have, you know, they didn't have a Conan Doyle. They were just kind of making it up as they went along. And, um, and you know, that's, that's, that's Hollywood, right? Yeah. I, I, I had these, I was angry. I was, um, I was also just kind of like, well, Hey, move on to the next. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, I still think to this day our script was could, should be made because it's oh man way I would say better but yeah it would be really good for like a Netflix for like a where you can do but where you can like actually do yeah we would do stuff like well
0: they proved it themselves they went one year and died they then
1: yours yeah, like- <laughs> yeah. Was like- it wasn't gonna be worse than that <laughs> yeah. oh, what a shame <laughs>
0: uh, yeah. yeah Oh, man I I. Uh, I'm I'm not in that world enough, um, but yeah, it's 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 very very weird. And then the shit that doesn't get made is always criminal, and yeah. the shit that does uh, that gets made and then and then dies. Like you know, some of your favorite shows ever will run one or two seasons and they get canceled. You're like, yeah. And there's never any uh, there's never any satisfaction there. There's no. Uh, the, even the people that are closest to it, you're never going to hear why or anything. It's all bullshit. Nobody
1: gives you an honest answer. Yeah. Nobody even says no. They just don't get back to you. Yeah, they just they, ghost they, you. They, they, yeah, that's yeah. where started, it started, man. It started with uh, TV executives 100%. where you pitch them. Like, we'll let you know, and they don't. My my they don't.
0: I got I got hit the other day, and they're like, "Hey, who 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 reps you?" And I'm like, "I don't think anybody anymore." <laughs>
1: let I'm, me check
0: yeah they're like i'm like i send emails into this void apparently i have a, a management
1: team but i don't think they that's even, very
0: common i think that's they, very common. <laughs> i think they put me what in the spam you always folder. Hear is
1: i generate all my own work man <laughs> yeah but that you but you need to have that rep just to say that you have rep um and the reason i told you that the the um gourmet detective thing was because i planned to play the lead right and you were talking about this with your show and i was like i'm i'm doing this i'm playing the lead no matter what oh yep. and i i got the showrunner attached by complete fluke and again this is just the naivety of like i'd done an episode of monk where i played a magician yeah yeah that's right and um and the director showrunner was uh dating a friend of mine yeah and which was a nice coincidence so um i got to know him a little bit while i was doing the show and then um so i called the studio and i was and i said uh I called paramount i just called paramount studios and i was like uh can i get to randy zisk's office uh on the monk uh, set please and they're like sure put you right through they put oh, me through it. to randy's office love right it. so you can't get through the gate yeah you can call <laughs> so randy picks up and i'm like hey it's valentine um i've got a project i want to talk to you about that i'd love to bring mm-hmm. to usa and i know that monk is ending i don't i'm sure you've got stuff planned but can we have lunch and talk about it and he was like well i'm busy but yeah okay so I pitched it to him and he's like, I love it. He's like, okay, I'll add this to my plate. So, and I said, I want, he said, I assume you want to play the part. And I was like, yes. And he's like, okay. And he goes, and you know what? If, if we sell it and they don't want you for it, they can go stuff it. We'll take it somewhere else. I'm like, oh, yeah, that's, that's great. Good. So we go, we sell it to USA. And USA is uh, our first pitch was USA. And they say, well, we don't know that you're right for the part because we don't have a script and we want to have the option to bring in. A bigger name, and uh, and so Randy and I have a meeting, and he's like, "Do you want me to just we'll just quit it and we'll just move on to another pitch?" And I was like, "No, no, I, I, it's okay. I'll be a producer. <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll write it. I'll, I'll be an executive producer. We'll get somebody else. <laughs> it's like, fine." How quickly you were like, "No, that's fine." Yeah, because like, I, I started off with, "I'm the fucking star," and then ended up with, "No, if you want to give somebody else. That's fine. With me. <laughs> just you know, if you want to buy it, yeah." course you know once you get in that situation yeah. and especially if you think from the perspective of a, of a producer versus an actor yeah suddenly the the hedge shifts right and yeah. now you're like okay i want what's best for the show and i'm sure there's going to be an actor that's going to be better for the show so
0: yeah and yeah. and just um more is more in hollywood so like if you make that and you're just a producer or whatever like you have just a little bit more to push the next thing you want through a little, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like everything's better. More is more. More is more. <laughs> I don't know.
1: And uh, you always have to be doing something. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter. In England, I feel like you can have a a, a body of work and you're known for that. And uh, whereas uh, I feel like in america it's what are you doing now what in, are you doing next
0: it's interesting that you never really tried it over there then you just right away you're like fuck it
1: america american dream yeah I did, theater. I did theater and, uh, and magic over there yeah and, um i just had a friend of mine suggest one day that uh, uh, that you know we should all go over and knock on doors and yeah show them how it's done
0: yeah you, yeah, yeah. So I
1: thought, well, okay. <laughs> and then I just did it. Had she literally said to me, "You have nothing going on here. You have nothing keeping you here." And I was like, oh, thanks. That's that's great." Uh, but it was true, you know. And um, who's the biggest like star you had to share a scene with?
0: Have you, ever, have you had to do any? I mean, like, fucking even in House, that's
1: that's pretty that's pretty heavy. That uh, he was right amazing. There. Yeah, um, I think I remember doing a movie having a scene with Albert Brooks. I'm a huge fan of Albert oh, Brooks. Oh wow! Yeah, and I did a movie called The Muse. And he was lovely. And, and uh, I mean, I know his movies backwards. I'm a huge Albert Brooks fan. Oh, wow, that was a hard then. So for me, and I noticed that even though we were, we, he was directing it, so when we were doing the scene, he was super aware still of like where, as soon as we f- finished the scene, he was like, we need more extras back over there. Like he was oh, just wow. like, he's a brilliant guy. He called me at home like a, a couple of weeks after I did the, finished the movie and um, he was going to go on The Tonight Show. And he said, I'm gonna do this sketch, he said, with a with a parrot, as if I'm a ventriloquial parrot. And he said, I want you to do the voice of the parrot. Oh, it's going to, he said, It's gonna be really funny because it's obviously I'm not doing it, but I'm gonna pretend that I am. And uh and I was like, Yes, of that's course. Awesome. But it ended up not happening. Oh man. And I was so upset. Um But he was great. I mean, I think the Walk was an interesting movie. That's where I met Chris when I was in Montreal shooting The Walk. Oh right, yeah. Because that had people like Ben Kingsley in it. It was directed by Robert Zemeckis. In yeah, it. Like, a, like a really nice big cast. Yeah, uh, I think I guess Sharon Stone was in was in the Albert Brooks movie. So, huh? She was pretty big. Did you ever did you end up doing any
0: of the, the talk show circuit stuff? Like, did
1: you ever get on any of them? I did. Um, I didn't do the Tonight Show or anything like that, but I did uh, a lot of the daytime stuff. Oh, okay. Dick Clark had a show. Right and uh, uh, with Danny Bonaducci. Oh you when God, Dan yeah. and Danny Bon? There's there's a couple. Whoa, that's and weird. and then I did because I got a publicist. You get a publicist when you do a titty. But everyone says you need one. Yeah, but it's super expensive. Yeah, it's like three grand a month. At Holy least, shit, balls! In order to like promote that you're on a series, and I really wanted to just get like I wanted to get on talk shows and I wanted to get articles and just kind of promote that the character was popular and all the rest of it. Yeah. Um. Uh. But I ended up doing. Uh, kind of mid-range daytime talk shows and uh, and it was fun and I came over here to do Mike Bullard's show oh back in the day damn uh, and the only reason I got on was because the SARS epidemic was happening <laughs> and no one wanted to come here and I was like <laughs> I'll, do it. It, I'll go <laughs> so I remember oh, man, coming wonderful. through the airport and um, the immigration guy saying uh, so why why are you coming into Toronto and I'm like well I'm doing a talk show and he goes doing a talk show I'm like yeah mike bullard and he goes oh dude, watch yourself man watch yourself he'll get you he'll get you what he's he's funny he'll be your friend and then he's going to turn around he's going to make you look stupid so you, you watch <laughs> it's like terrified by the time I got to set uh, yeah
0: oh man I forgot about Mike Bullard's that's, show yeah, that's good shit yeah, he's a Canadian legend that guy
1: yeah yeah. I just there was a, just a, a documentary about stand-ups that uh, I went to see a screening of mm. uh, that was really good and is he in that one yeah, yeah. yeah all the Canadian stand-ups oh that's
0: cool yeah was uh, you see that a tiff or what? No, they um, had
1: a, a screening out in um, I think Hamilton. Oh, okay, cool. Yeah, at some theater. Right? I never.
0: Yeah. I, well, that's not, I like. I, I'll watch anything to do with stand ups. I love that. The especially like if it's like about that old, you know, uh, old generation. I don't know if that's the right way to say it, but like I, I love watching. I'm obviously like uh, Jerry Seinfeld had his fucking. Uh, documentary years ago that right. made uh, made comedy popular again but like even like uh, they then Jim Carrey produced a show called I'm Dying Up Here it's not a documentary but it's about the uh, basically it's about the comedy store in like the
1: 80s or whatever you know like I,
0: I, any of that kind of shit that era of stand
1: up is fucking cool
0: yeah I love it I'm, like, I think I it's so cool I hear so people cool.
1: talk about yuck yucks all the time here yeah. in Canada and how it just what a what a stranglehold that place had on oh yeah if you want to be a comedian in canada you don't piss off yuck yucks yeah and 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 these stories and as an outsider you're just like go tell them go fuck themselves yeah you know go do your own career like you don't and yet people get sucked into that yeah that codependency
0: uh, because it's one of those things where um our careers have no template there's no like oh go here do this training get this job kind of thing right yeah so uh, comedy clubs and franchises like Yucky Yaks offer a modicum of that mm-hmm. and people just can't help but be like, oh good, here's a, well, we a path want, that we, we follow. We all want acceptance, don't we? Yeah. I mean, that's why
1: we're doing it. We want applause, we want acceptance, we want someone to tell us that we're good. Yeah. I, when I did The Walk and we're shooting in Montreal, yeah. I'm in a movie with Ben Kingsley and all these other like Oscar winning actors and the whole time I'm just like, don't mess up, don't mess up, don't be the worst thing in the movie. Yeah. Don't, you know, I'm almost like psyching myself out. And all I wanted at the end of every scene was for Bob Zemeckis to look at me and go. That's all I wanted. (laughs) He was like dad, right? And you just wanted to go. That was good. That was that was that was good. He called me when I got the part, and I will never forget this because I'd auditioned for it, and then I got a call saying, "You're Bob's choice, but the studio wants a bigger name." Yeah, And I'm like okay, but the fact, but they said, but he's going to go to bat for you. Nice. And I thought, I don't care if I get the part now. The mm. idea that Robert Zemeckis, like, the director of like some of my favorite movies of all time, yeah, like actually thinks I'm good enough to, to go to bat for. That's, that's fucking crazy. Great. So he calls me. He's got no idea I I'd do magic, right? Because I, I don't promote the two together. Smart. And so, so he's on the phone with me. He literally says this. So this character you're playing, Steve, um, uh, it was this guy in the. I don't know if you saw the documentary Man on Wire, but it was the oh. character with the giant moustache. Oh yeah, it was that, like, that You know, that guy with the New York. I was going to ask. does oh, that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, the very thick accent. So he goes. Um, so this character, he's 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 a, he's a he's an unusual man. He's a weird guy. He's kind of he's kind of out of his time. He doesn't really fit in anywhere. He has, he said, I don't know if you've ever been to a place in LA called the Magic Castle. But he's like those magicians that are hanging in the shadows, and they don't, you just, they don't quite fit in.
0: You know, and I'm just literally... Did you not tell him at that point? No, no. I was like, yeah, I've been there. I know what you mean. I know what you oh mean. Oh, my God. Because you're literally that guy. Like, no wonder he felt that. He's like... I guess
1: he felt that I don't fit in anywhere, and I'm, yeah. I'm that guy. Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
0: That's fucking crazy. That's that was. so cool.
1: So he was, he was amazing. Oh, man. He was lovely. We talked about a lot of conspiracy theories at the time. Because, you know, the show was... Uh, it's the Twin Towers. Yeah, and uh, the guy just puts the wire between the twin towers. Yeah, and walks across. So they there was a lot. He actually said to me at one point. He came to set. We used to go to uh, back to the hotel afterwards and watch Zemeckis movies. Yeah, the cast, and then we would try and figure out. Oh, we did that that shot. That's a Zemeckis shot. We did that today. Yeah, you know. Oh, he. Yeah, he, we did that a couple of days ago and uh, he found out we were watching his movies and he's like <laughs> you can ask us he said I'll tell you what he said, uh, he said i hear you're uh, you're watching my films <laughs> he goes, well you can ask me anything about any of them and i'll tell you i'll give you an honest answer so then we just started picking his brains about Whoa. like stuff that happened on set and, and it was great that's awesome that was, yeah that that, the moments
0: man that makes me happy did you put a lot of thought cuz i'm kind of hung up on this uh, idea of like why he sensed that even though he didn't know you're a magician why he sensed that about you? Did you put a lot of thought in curating your look as an actor? Like you're like, I better keep my hair long. I better have the mustache. I better be.
1: I didn't.
0: Okay, uh, you are very unique. Like like Chris always makes fun of me. He's like he says I look like every extra in Saving Private Ryan or something. He's so like you're just <laughs> the most boring guy. They did. You always work. They did. <laughs> and
1: that's the thing. That's <laughs> they, the problem.
0: Some guy did a cartoon of of the four of us for our TV show. Right. It's yeah. just like, but it's like one of those like abstract ones where it's like minimalist. Yes. So like. When you look at it though, legitimately, there's Eric with like glasses, Alex has a beard and his hair, Chris has a beard and hair and some tattoos. Mine is faceless. Like bland. L- no, not bland. Like l- there's nothing. It's just <laughs> an oval, a white oval of a face. And that's, and that's, everyone's like, yeah, that's Wes. That's insulting. I know. I, knew, I didn't even have this scruff going back then. So I was just nothing. The guy's like, yeah, I have nothing to paint here. Oh
1: man. No, so, I, I, because I, I, have, is, I had a guy come up to me at an acting class once before I got my uh, first break and he, um, and I, I've talked about this before, he never, I'll never forget this. He said to me, he said, uh, so you, uh, you think you're going to make it? <laughs> he says, what do you, where do you see your career? You know, and I'm like, well, I hope, I hope to get something at some point. Yeah. Why? I always had this kind of quiet confidence that at some point, something will come along that's right. Sure. And He goes, well, he says, uh, he says, look at me. He says, I'm short and fat and Jewish. He says, I can play doctors. I can play lawyers. <laughs> I can do all these roles. Right? Yeah. He says, I'm always going to work he said you're tall you're real. i was really skinny at the time he said you're tall you got skinny you've got long hair big forehead he said I just like it's you the kinds of roles that you play would be super unique or different yeah. like not consistently you know but not, like
0: magician villain vampire right. that's you so
1: i said <laughs> so i so i said to i was really like fuck his, but i was really angry with the guy but i said i just said to him look i said i i have confidence that at some point yeah. something will come along i said I know Jack Nicholson I've read a lot of biographies Nicholson couldn't get work because he was so Nicholson yeah and then he eventually became his own type yeah so I said I'll, I'll you know I'll just keep hammering away thanks you know? yeah and a year later I got crossing Jordan yeah see yeah and exactly he came as a guest star on, on, my, <laughs> on my show. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah that feels nice yeah, was fun. that feels really yeah, was fun. Nice. I was very nice I was very welcoming
0: what actors do you think that you, uh, you know what I mean? Like, people have those, like, guys, like, oh, yeah, like, if if, if he was dead, I could maybe have that role kind of thing. Who's, who's sort of your actors that are kind of...
1: Well, there's 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 those people that you always compete with right. that get the roles that you want. Right. You know, uh, there was a time, and he's brilliant, so uh, 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 there was a time when I would often get um, mistaken for Richard E. Grant. Uh, you know, people no thought I was in the Spice Girls movie, which I wasn't. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, And what happened was, he was talking about looks, is I did a role where I had, my hair was like super long and all one length. Yeah. And um, I did a role in that. And then I would go and audition for something else and they'd be like, yeah, we like your hair the way it is. And Mm. so if you look at most of my stuff, I have the same haircut for like 20 years. Because everyone just goes, that suits you. That's great for the character. So when I did Crossing Jordan, i had the bob like all one length page boy cut you know and they were like yeah we like that and i was like so for six years i had to have that same haircut even though we did slight variations on it." oh my god um, and so when that show was over i cut my hair and yeah uh, short and then didn't work for years no. then, um, <laughs> but it, it's you know I, I think that became i guess my image my look yeah like a so, straight chris angel
0: No. I'm just kidding. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, sometimes i do sometimes i do jokes just for me they're they're for me and one other person that's all
1: (laughs) no i think chris would appreciate that
0: no uh speaking of chris appreciating things have you read harrison greenbaum's book
1: i have not okay but oh buddy that's full of good
0: good stuff for chris angel in there oh my god
1: i he's like one of the funniest people isn't he oh he's so funny the idea that they did that as a fake tarbell
0: it's amazing and dude like it's it's relentless it's relentless, like absolutely useless for uh, advice and magic. Is that basically what? That <laughs> absolutely <would be>? hilarious.
1: <laughs> like, I do need to get a copy. Actually. It's just not good. Dude.
0: Yeah, <laughs> I mean it was, it's the funniest thing I ever read. But I'm like, I'm like, there's nothing of of, of substance in here. It's just nonstop hilarity so that's him though and oh, he was killing it in
1: Vegas recently right? oh
0: I went and saw his show was at the Mad Apple Circus fucking amazing I, I wanted
1: to see it because uh, I, I as a performer I'm so used to kind of I'll, I've done cabaret right? Yeah. where you're in like a three people the three sides to the room but small tight um, and I wanted to see how he handled working that environment because it was almost 360 it was almost right? in the round almost yeah because yeah. you come right over to the end of the catwalk and it's just basically
0: yeah uh, Harrison Greenbaum did no magic that's how he that's how he Right. that's how he did it he's yeah. like i'm gonna do crowd work and comedy i think he did two tricks in the whole thing and those and both of them had uh the cameras punched up so you could watch on the the screen oh, so it was like space. it was more of a close-up mentalism type stuff okay um but yeah he did in the 40 minutes he's on stage he did two tricks and the rest of it was just crowd work and comedy. The guy's a fucking genius. Comedian. He's great. There's a guy
1: in England called Danny Buckler who's like that. Who just yeah. works off a crowd, and oh, he was just a magic live. And I think he did like 18 minutes with a top change. Yeah, it was yeah, that. That was so it. And, it, it, it. You know, I admire that. I really yeah. do because I my stuff is uh, um, is tight and fast, and I like to get through it. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I like to get through it and get off.
0: I'm I'm more the other way. Like I like to. I will spend forever telling a story. I'll I'll. I'll I'll just take these six minute detours in my show and just tell some story, a hel- like a hilarious true story. This happened to me and people are like, some people love it, yeah. but I'm very polarizing. People will be like, I I I got fired off a cruise ship once six years ago for like I got off stage and they're like, that was really funny. I'm like, thanks. They're like, no, like the comedian was yesterday and I'm like, Oh, and they're like, no, we, we wanted a magician. Yeah.
1: And, but I, I killed, but they're like, nah, I did. So I I, like, ah. I'm touring. I'm about to go on tour with the Illusionist again, right? Oh shit! Right on. Yeah, it's gonna be fun. We'll be here in Toronto, so hopefully you'll. you'll come oh, I'll see come it. through that for sure. And the first time I did it was my experience of, uh, I know when I'm on stage. Like if I do, if I'm doing a piece, you, as you know, if someone gives you something from the audience, you've got to, you, you got to. You can't ignore it. Yeah. You, we've all <laughs> seen those people who don't want to be thrown off their script. Yeah. But you've got to lean into it. Oh yeah. And so, the great thing about the Illusionist was I was doing. Three routines i think maybe four routines max so i was getting really comfortable and the routines were getting longer and longer because people i was just leaning into stuff and i would come up and i'm like it was killed it you know and the stage manager be like <laughs> we don't want to go overtime," you know yeah but and you're like well like, what am was, i gonna it was, i gotta do- <laughs> there was a woman who, who kept following literally this old i said to this woman the audience i was like i need a lady and this old lady stands up and she, Mrs. B, and she goes like, "I'm a lady." And I'm, <laughs> so, what do you do? Like, so now she's like shuffling her way to the stage, <laughs> and I'm like, "This is oh, hilarious." Yeah, you're like, I need some yeah. music. And she comes on stage uh, for my chuckle box routine, I stand her there. And now I say, "You stay here," and I'm going to go talk to this guy on this side of the stage. And I would turn out, she'd be over my shoulder. I'm like, "Get <laughs> back to your place." What is, I want to see it. It was, just, it was beautiful. I wish it was, you know. But it made a ten-minute routine go twenty. Sure. Yeah, you know, we had a moment in um, on tour where I would send the dancers out to bring assistants up so that yeah. nobody thought I was pre-arranging anything. And I have this card routine, and it feels weird to me to do a close-up card routine for five thousand people. Sure, Could me too. Camera, right? yeah. But, I think it's weird too, it, but it works. Yeah, so, it does like, great. So we bring this couple up, and um, and he's like super pumped. He's on this side of the table, and she's sitting there. And she's like this oh no and um so i'm like you okay she goes yeah. okay <laughs> so i had him choose a card either she's going she knocks the cards i mean she's just doing this it wasn't like she went like that but she knocks the cards out of my hands and and then i'm like you don't want to be here do you you know and she goes no uh, and i, I said what, why and she goes i don't like magic oh like you you, this is the illusionist you do know it's the illusionists oh my god it's because yeah i bought him tickets for his birthday but i don't like magic at all and she was really and and so now what do you do right yeah she's angry that she's on stage and now he's glaring at her like don't mess this up you're embarrassing me in front of five thousand people and so two choices one is that you send her back to a seat because she's going to kill the whole routine yeah or lean into it oh buddy. So I just I just was like, tell you what I'm going to do. I said, I love magic. I said, and by the end of this routine, I'm going to make you smile.
0: <laughs> okay. I'm, I'm,
1: I'm She's like, no, I'm, like, <laughs> I'm going to make you smile. And so uh, everything I did, I would then look to her for her approval. And she'd be like, and people thought it was hilarious. Uh, like it's was so being funny. So, so mean, right? Yeah. She was just being harsh. But it was now they were on my side. Of course. Get the audience on my side. <sighs> it us against her. And at the very end of it, I just I just remember this one moment where I do a card signed card ends up in a tic-tac box that she's holding yeah and and I and I always do this thing where I'm like you you have a look and tell me if you want to share this with everyone else because that reaction of seeing it's the card sells into everybody right so she goes like this she goes <laughs> and, and just that one and I was like got you got you yes you've got to lean into it of course okay, 20 minutes later because sending
0: her down would have been really hard to do like and and still like get that momentum back that would have been weird as fuck so you made the right yeah, choice yeah
1: and you can't be oh. harsh to her because right that's the ungentlemanly thing to do
0: yeah and you're it is and you're not just uh steve valentine's show you're part of this bigger wheel yeah. so you might be able to be a little bit harsher in your own specific show yeah but you're definitely right in that role. No, no way, I can't do that. It's a
1: family show. Yeah, and, and you know, in England, of course, you can. When people heckle or give you stuff, then you're in, expected right. to come back in kind, as yeah. harsh as you want to be. Jimmy you know, Carr all Jim, the way. Oh my like, god, like, Jimmy, yeah, Jimmy's the man. Yeah, right? exactly. And um, so, but no, you have to behave yourself a little bit more. Uh, but yeah, so I'm looking forward to doing the tour. Come see it; it'll be interesting. I can't
0: wait, man. That's fucking awesome. And you know
1: about magic on the go? Do you know what I'm doing with that? Have Is you that heard? your app? Yeah, it's the app school. Yeah, yeah. you, you talked
0: about me, when I was late for lunch last time, you talked you yeah. <laughs> you totally to me. Yeah, I want tell bum. you guys about Magic on the Go. <laughs> Do it, hit because
1: it. Because we've been doing it since uh, 2017. It was like, I think one of the first um, online subscriber magic schools. Yeah. Originally, it was just designed as a place to put all my DVD stuff for streaming. And then I realized that, um, whereas like when you put out a product or you write a book, it takes time. You, you have to oh, sell it. You've got crazy. stuff that, you know, just to mail. If I had an idea or concept or I found something in an old book or magazine, I could work it up, um, I could finesse it, I could put it on the site because I don't have to worry about selling it as, as, is this worth a one-trick DVD? Right. Yeah, of course. And so then... Um, as I I, I like, love reading old magic books and because I think the secrets of magic are getting lost right, so I like yeah. finding these amazing things and going, have you seen this? Yeah. And then like from the nineteen twenties, like, doing it for people. Love I'm like, it. What, whose is that? And I'm like, the guy's been dead for a hundred years. Yeah, but, love it. Um, and so the site has just grown, and we now have, I mean, I have subscribers all over the world, but over nine hundred videos now. That is a. So, when you sign up now, you get like a back you catalog of like,
0: holy yeah. shit. Yeah. When it, for, and yeah. a
1: couple of good ones, too, even. There's a couple. Well, there's one or two good <laughs> ones. I keep the good shit for me. That's awesome. Uh, but no, I put every, everything. So, and then I'll do like um, deep dives into a topic, like I did with Cards to Pocket. And I did mm. this like 120 videos on, on, on all the techniques for that. And then Egg Bag and Diminishing Cards and kind of these classics of magic and kind of like what are the older methods. I like, I like travel the world i'll collect the old props i'll find them i'll you know these um things that you you wouldn't even know existed there's methods of doing stuff from years and years ago and then and some of them are just brilliant they just got lost you know along the way and then i do interviews um i'll do um i I love doing this thing called uh, past masters where I'll, i'll read like a podcasting and i'll read uh the written words of some famous magician from the past oh cool and uh, you have to kind of guess who it is but also it's like as relevant today as as it was when it was written you know (sighs) so and i just have a lot of fun with it man you must come across some
0: crazy passages though like and if you see a woman unaccompanied by a man, right? right? Like shit
1: like that must be just like There's uh, there's some stuff by a guy called Will Goldston who yeah. was a prolific writer back in the day but also he just ripped everybody off and put <laughs> he would ask someone to donate a trick to his books. They would say no, he'd do it anyway. Oh my god. And he would sometimes make up his own methods, so his methods are somewhat preposterous, and sometimes right. he would hit it, hit the nail on the head. Um and then he's got this one book called Sensational Tales of the Mystery Men. Mm. It's a great title, and you. just kind of like weird stories about magicians. is basically what it is—famous magicians. Oh hell history. yeah! And it's a good book. And I was gonna, and I thought, you know, it's it's um, it's in public domain. I thought maybe I'll I'll do it as an audio book, oh. and then so many of the chapters are like oh. uh, have offensive language. <laughs> things inappropriate things when we're talking about african-americans yeah or we're talking yeah. about jewish people all the way women should be i'm like i can't read this i can't because they're going to or to can change. you or can i i'll read it and i'll say narrated by and then who do we hate today and i'll just put that that, that name alan oh, smithy is the, oh, is the name fuck. Yeah. that's wild yeah so oh so God. the site's been great it's been growing and, and now we're adding a new app to it magic on the go magic on the go man magic I, love on the go. I love it Um, that, that, that's it for this,
0: uh, this, this, this episode, we're going to go on to the, uh, the, what do you call it? The Patreon. So, um, Uh, I thought
1: it was, I I thought it was, uh okay no, yeah. yeah we gotta
0: go to the Patreon episode now so we're gonna carry on this conversation thanks Not for hanging fans, out with us that's me yeah, yeah. I'm thinking only OnlyFans, man that'd be a good spot for magic too honestly Uh come over there thanks for hanging out with us and uh getting to the bottom of it tell three friends I know the uh, recording stopped on the uh, video but the audio is still going yes you can and, hear us but you can't see what we're doing <laughs> exactly alright see you on Patreon everybody thanks for coming out
1: ciao Peace. bye bottom of the barrel hey. bottom of the barrel hey. where we always hey. feel so tired